BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CAPITAL200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hey there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. I'm here with Papa Joe. Here with Papa Joe once again. He's not physically here. We had a proper safe distance. I think it's a, a, a three quarters of a, mi- a mile, a half a mile. Yeah, it's about that. <laughs> half a mile. Um, so, Joe, we're in. Uh, I haven't spoke to you since uh, today. Well, I guess it's it's not really. It's phase one and a half, right? Here in the yeah, Keys. Yeah, it's about that. Phase one and a half, meaning they open. Well, and that happened with everyone in in, in Florida. They open up uh, the uh, barber shops and stuff like that. I've been waiting to get a haircut. And uh, thank God I, they opened up the tattoo parlors. Oh, did they open up the tattoo parlors? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Well, you got to get your tats done. Yeah. Mm. You're going to get them. You're going to get them more from eating. Restaurants, I don't even really understand. It is, you are in close proximity the whole time with people, but you're really conscious. These guys are really conscious about the protective gear. If they do, that's the one person they're worried about for the next two hours, right? However, are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd be worried. Yeah, well, you here. know what I mean. It's like they're wearing protective gear. You're wearing protective gear. They're always usually wearing gloves anyway, and I know it's it doesn't seem essential, but it is their trade playing their trade. I you know I'm just saying where where it's going to happen. The big spreads it, you won't see like a it, it's like neat packing centers, restaurants, nightclubs, and shit like that. You know. Yeah, I mean it's there are worse things when you think about tattoo parlors. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, there have, is um, – Abby was saying how tough it must be to be, you know, someone in their in their prime, single people that are real active. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like on the on – the, um, she, she – Abby and I, we were looking at um, – we were talking about kids, how tough it is for kids and all that stuff. But, you know, people that um, – uh, um, they just discovered that COVID nineteen's uh, the virus survived in semen. Really? Yeah, they found Th- that's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that they, you know, they thought if you wore protective gear and all that stuff, but you're not supposed to, um, you know what I mean? Get intimate. Yeah, no humping when you're sick. Yeah, well, 
or you know who do you know like i was uh abby mentioned he goes oh it's really tough for these poor people out there you know um you know she mentioned their prime and all that stuff and uh i had to remind abby i said you know if, if uh i think from her cat her point of view the way she said it was um you know, if we were younger, you know, that would have been tough for us. And I said, well, you'd also have to change that, that if we were younger, we weren't, and we weren't together. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, absolutely. Because that, that commitment to each other is kind of a blockade in, in the dating scene, uh, you would think. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine you're out dating, you know, maybe someone you know, someone you have known. You're asymptomatic. You have no idea that you're carrying it. <laughs> well, I was I was just talking about being in a relationship with someone and not out on the dating scene. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Well, this, I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, forget the about the COVID nineteen. And I was trying to say, you know, we are in a committed relationship, so it really wouldn't matter what age we're in. Like if we were in our twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, you know. But that being said, so I kind of reminded her that she goes, oh yeah, 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 of course. But when I um, we did this thing, every time you see those movies, uh, thirteen again, eighteen, all those movies where they do um, Freaky Friday, where they do the body swap, you know, older person, right, right, swaps with the younger person. If I knew then what I know now, life would be different. Like if I had the skills I had when I was younger, holy crap, when I was 19, 20 years old, if I had my uh, knowledge. Oh, God. Uh, oh, we'd be holy terrors. Yeah, I know. I mean, just the knowledge uh, for, you know, and I know I, I don't speak for anybody else but myself. So what, I, what I'm suggesting is I would have been, um, I would be frank with women. I would just go, hey, listen, this is what I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. And this Internet thing where you have Tinder. You know, but I mean, I still, if I was free, I'd be using it. Uh, maybe not Tinder because I'm in my 50s. You'd probably be using, there's one called Our Time, right? Or Yeah, uh, and then there's also, was it the one for farmers? Oh, <laughs> there's Christian Mingle. <laughs> uh, well, when it, farmers is a count if you have like a little little garden. Does that count? Farmers.com. Yeah, maybe, or maybe it's how many cows you have, how many chickens. I don't know. You got a great, like, how many acres? You know. Yeah, there must be a criteria. You must be a checklist. You know, you qualify if you have 10 or more acres, two I cows. I if there's a, 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 you know, if you can get, like, real tricky with the, the site, like, if you answer, you know, if it's supposed to have a minimum of 10, 10 acres or something like that, if there's a micro acre or a milli acre, where you just have a little plot, like six by six. Yeah, there's my thing. But fuck that. You know, I mean, who do, I, farmers.com, I just don't even get it. Like, first of all, the family farm's been dying for years. It's usually big agribusiness right now, so there's not that many farmers. So how can they afford such a, a, a janky website, you know, when I'm saying like a robust website that's just going to be millions of people on it, Right. Well, think about the hypocrisy of Christian Mingle. Well, I Christian mean, Mingle, it's not hypocrisy. They're not up. trying to. They're not trying. They're, they're talking about people 
with their same abiding belief when they're dating. It's, you know, that's what they're suggesting, you know. Yeah. You know, maybe and, and maybe they do <laughs> and maybe they practice, you know, because it's the, what's it, what they call it. I heard it the holiest, holiest of holy hole. So as long as you're like, that's not, right. You just not the doing coitus. Yeah, you're not going through the <laughs> vagina that if it's all oral sex and, and uh, anal sex and, um, you know, stuff like that, it's no big deal, you know, because that's they found that with a lot of these promise keeper kids that do the. Uh, oh, yeah, that they, yeah. they get do a lot of the butt play and stuff like that. I, on the other hand. Uh, well, I mean, I've been with a woman who supposedly was really Christian, and all of a sudden she really wanted to, she started crying after we had um, sex. And I'm like, what's, I mean, I've never had that reaction before. And it turned out, she goes, well, I wanted to, you know, keep myself. And I said, well, wait a second, your mother, she had like a kid already. And uh, I said, you've done this before. Yes, but so I'm forgiven you, for that. You're not a, you're not a virgin. <laughs> She goes, no, but I mean, yeah. and, and I go, well, okay. And I was, it kind of weirded me out and stuff like that. Oh, but it didn't yeah. stop you me can't, from you going can't, back. You can't even keep track of the psychosis with yeah. those people. So, so no, 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 she wasn't Forget. really, she really wasn't Christian because she, she was on the, I'm not But she played she one on TV. Oh, she wasn't, not that she wasn't a nice lady. She's the one that freaked me out when it was my birthday and she put, she had just went all the town on my for birthday gifts, and I'm like, holy crap. Uh, no, forget it. Oh, there was no way it was going to compete with that. That's a horrible thing to say. I realize that. And that being said, um, we're, uh, you know, Abby Abby twisted her ankle yesterday, so she, I had to hook her up with oh, uh, one man. of her favorite shows because she's very active. She likes to be running and doing stuff right now. So she's climbing up the freaking walls. Uh, not doing it, you know, not going outside. So I had to hook her up with these, uh, this 90-day uh, fiancé. We spoke about this before. Yeah. and um, Such a sad show. It, it It is a sad show in itself, and it's on the Learning Channel, which is funny. And what, what the fuck do you learn on the Learning Channel? You learn that a lot of people <laughs> from other countries will do anything to get a, a K one is it a K one visa? Oh I think yeah, it's called a K one visa, yeah. and that's uh, for um, marriage. So it's uh, this w- one particular one is this guy. He's a wine merchant. He uh, import and exports wine, of uh, kind of like George Costanza did, the importer and exporter. And um, he uh, he's he's got like a he has a Porsche and. Uh, he does have a couple kids, but um, he has this hot, oh, my God, incredibly hot. The, one of the hottest so far of uh, the women I've seen. She's a Brazilian um, girl. She, he's 42, and she's 21, maybe 22. Super oh, hot. Good Lord. And, yeah, I mean – and it was a match made in heaven, you know. She wasn't very little education, but she's beautiful. I mean, beautiful. They, she was a hostess on a uh, pleasure cruise in Croatia. So 
I don't know what that means. Yeah, that could be nice. Well, we can use our imagination. You know, yeah, the kind of hostess, not on a pleasure cruise, yeah, on a yacht party she was brought to, and that's where the guy met her. Um, so what I'm, the learning thing is, you're learning all the ways people pull the, and then there's people you look at, and the people aren't that attractive. And the person that's coming isn't that wealthy either. And you think, well, maybe this is love. You know what I mean? Maybe this is love. And every so often someone's from a real, you know, first world country like Germany or Belgium and stuff like that. Not in this case so much. It's, you know, you get Eastern Europe, you get, you know, Brazil. Brazil, I mean, it looks like this Brazilian girl. She could have, fuck. Uh, maybe she needs, you know, what I think is that with the accent, if you're not that intelligent and you speak English, you can fall back on the accent and lack of English knowledge. But if you're in Brazil, the girl, you know, got very little schooling. And if, she, you know, speaking Portuguese, which is the native tongue of Brazil, if she tried to meet a, a you know, a guy in the upper middle class or wealthy guy there, people would spot her from a mile away, you know, her voice. Yeah, language not stuff. here though. Not here. You know, you hear the accent; it bumps it bumps you up at least easy twenty points on the IQ. I'm telling you. Yeah, I'll tell you. I've spoke to people like that. It's funny. Um, you hear a pretty girl with an accent, and you think, "Wow, very sexy." She she knows English. Give her a score a couple points. But like uh, over in Poland, you know. Abby and uh, her family, they would be talking to someone that goes, oh, don't speak to that person. They're an idiot. They're an idiot. And I said, what do you mean an idiot? Like, they're crazy? No, they're an idiot. They're not intelligent. And I was thinking, oh, the girl sounded like she was intelligent because she spoke English. But, <clears throat> like, you really wouldn't know. You know, just that's the, you know, that's that. So so tell me, tell me, what what does Abby think of that TV show? She loves it. She loves it. I mean, Abby came here oh, and she got she got her um, citizenship and all that stuff. I think she got it. And um, no, she was here already. She was here already, so she wasn't shipped over here as a bride. She met her first husband while she was here. You know, on a work visa. So, that's. And she's fine, you know. I mean, people say, hey, you look, you're calling, calling the kettle black. No, it's a subtle difference. She was here anyway. And yeah. she, she, I mean, and she has a lovely daughter, um, my stepdaughter, you know. So, um, but still, I'm not saying she would have done it, you know, if I lived in another country. But then again, Poland isn't, I, you know, I've been over Poland. It's not any worse or better than the United States. You know, they have nice no, restaurants, why they have nice they? hotels, they got nice, uh, nice schools. Um, I, I don't know. It's a modern Western country. Yeah, I don't necessarily understand why people, you know, are so gung-ho to come here. So um, I'm not one of those people that automatically think we're the best country in the world. I don't think we're the worst country in the world either. I'm just not, I'm fucking... Uh, reasonable about it right well let's face it we have a we have an issue that we are better at diversity despite the fact that when you're here 
there's a lot of room for improvement. But in a global sense, um, we mainstream ethnicities like no other country does. And this is still going to be the country of the greatest opportunity. Well, you know, and, there's other countries there's that are coming along, along like that. Canada does it. Australia does it. Um, yeah, but there's nothing like America. Still, in the eyes of those who don't live here, you know, there's si- America does still stand in, out. Yeah, just uh, maybe in just sheer sheer size. But England's been doing that for a while. And if you, you know, if you, I mean, we're not the only country. But then again. Uh, no, but we've been I, a while I, I for say, about 50 years, I say, 50, 50 say, years, people could call themselves American and be almost of any race uh, where other countries that may have been more difficult. But um, where I want to move on, I wanted to cover one thing about Grubhub. The, the keys are rare and open and there's protesting Key West and uh, they're really. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we're opening. And we're doing a, 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 a phase one and phase one and a half, you want to call it, because of the uh, the beauty industry and tattoo parlors and barbershops opening up, that there's people that want to speed it up and op- open up those checkpoints to get people down here. So they're protesting in Key West right now. Uh, but it's funny because it's Key West. There's people that are infiltrating those protests and counter-protesting, right? There's some people that believe they're going too fast. And they want them to go, right. uh, they want them to take it slow. They don't want to make sure that they don't open up too quick to the t- tourists coming in. So, um, but <laughs> there was, there, during the protest, this guy holding flag and there's stuff and someone holds, <laughs> holds a sign, I love, and it has a heart to suck cock, <laughs> you know, and it's stuff like that. And there was other ones like similar to that. And they're inside that group and people don't realize you know they get in the group you know when the cameras come out they want to have that that uh not there's anything wrong with it and stuff like that but it's inside the group that don't necessarily want to uh have that message across i I like it when you have people they say hey you know what i'm going to join this group yeah they say you know what you're not allowed to be here so yeah there's people that there's i think they did it was an informal survey, and it was um, – it ran like 40% runs more slowly, 20% open up quickly, and the remainder was going just right. You know? Some, so those who simply said that. don't open quickly was the clear majority. Uh, between it's opening up. The way it should, and that it was, yeah, it was, it was predominant. Now, um, yeah. So obviously, if you went the other way, if you went, um, you know, if you took that big group of people, say it's going just at the right speed, or it could be what, what, whatever, uh, the grouping that it's going, it's going at the right speed, and we should go slower. You take that group; it's predominant because obviously, if you can go faster and. We're opening up the right thing. If you group that together, they might be the majority too. So, um, so we'll, we're going to see. There's uh, three more cases in Key West as of yesterday, and uh, there's not much we could do about it. But there is something I wanted to point out. There's, there's com- the commercials that are out there right now. 
You seen it? Um, we said, yeah, that, like what? Uh, uh, well, there's a lot of them thanking the first uh, responders and the healthcare workers and stuff like that. A lot of uh, which is great. It's great. Um, some of them are real sincere. Some of them are from like the uh, big uh, industrial providers of equipment to them, like Johnson and Johnson and stuff like that, which they have right. an ulterior motive. And then you have, um, you know, uh, the deliver. Oh, the one that I really is, um, I just don't, they try to do a feel good commercial. It's Grubhub. And what they're doing is, <laughs> yeah, small restaurants are having a real tough time right now. Small family owned restaurants. And they're showing them places and there's an old lady, they're getting her food, take out and they show it. And it's, Grubhub, and um, and we're trying to help them out, stay, help them stay open. We're trying to help them stay open. Now I'm going to point out the fallacy, and that we did a show about this before. Now last yeah. uh, in 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 March, they uh, Grubhub and some other companies did. They waived the commission structure, or waived or deferred. That's the thing, waived or deferred the commission structure, but. Uh, they didn't, they're not doing, I'll tell you, the company's not doing it for free. They're not delivering for free. Right? Okay, Rob so how do they make it? Is not delivering for free. They're deferring. They're getting something out of it. What they're saying is, um, is if you do sign up with them now and, and they provide delivery services, which is a very, um, what happens, they set up an order entry system online. Well, it's already set up, uh, but they bring it into your restaurant and the orders come in. Now, if you're like uh, a restaurant that doesn't have a POS system, it's not integrated. You have you have two systems like orders come in by hand and orders come in from tickets from Grubhub. Right. So there'll be like two okay. orders, 915 in the morning for Grubhub and two orders at 920 from the uh the restaurant, right? Itself. And it'll be in there. And okay. You're to, okay. That's that other thing. But what happens a year, you're going to have to, after a year after they defer the commission structure, you're going to have to remain with them at the regular commission structure. And the commission structure runs anywhere from 15 to 30%. 15 to 30%. Oh, so, good God. Yes. Yeah, so I'm picking an arbitrary. You order a chicken parm. And it's $20. First of all, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, uh, all those companies, they don't want you to raise your prices for takeout. Let me repeat that. They don't want you to raise your order for takeout. But they do take, when I said 15 to 30%, and it could be more. Um, th- so they take that. So if it's a $20 chicken parm, that's 3 uh, to six dollars out of that from the get-go, and that's where you get cover your overhead. You cover your overhead out of the twelve. Yeah, but isn't isn't that the isn't that about profit margin a restaurant is going to? No, pay? it is maybe the top. The top is fifteen percent. The top for the very best restaurants. It's it's obviously so you sign up they with put them it in, to lose money. The, uh, the restaurant industry says zero to fifteen percent, which people can go 
with not making money for a while. Now, losing money, you just go out of business, right? It's just losing money. is not, And usually right when you open up, you're losing money. But for a decent restaurant, the average is 3 to 5%. Jeez. So if you do $100,000, uh, no, let's say, yeah, $100,000, uh, um, a gross, 150000 gross, you get from 4500 to um, 7500 profit after everything. That's clear. After salary and all that stuff, I don't have to go into what people don't understand. It's not. It's restaurant. not just the food. You got to pay the wage. You got to pay the rent. You got to pay right. for the, right. uh, the electric right. bill, the water bill, uh, uh, insurance. Uh, Christ, there's tons of other things that I'm missing, right there, and there's things they're not even in. now, three to five percent. So they're already taking more percentage than it is their percentage. Now, I realize. They're not taking all of the profit. They're not taking 15 to 30% of the total gross. Of, it's the price of that meal. And meals do not, for most restaurants, if they have a liquor license, are not a big, a huge moneymaker. You're like, if you're making 5% on your meals, you're lucky. What you really make money is on your soft drinks and your mixed drinks and your beer and wine. If you have a bar. Right. Okay. And that's what you do. Now, right now, that ain't happening, especially since people aren't eating at counters and things like that. So you get signed up for a year. You got the deferred or waived fees. Now, if they're deferred, because that's where to say the fine print, there's a confusion between whether it's waived or deferred. If it's waived, they're never going to recoup it. It's deferred. They're going to come back with it. Just like um, they did with uh, car payments. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's Chevrolet, you, you still three, owe it. Three months, six months, they call it deferred. And then they split the uh, difference among the payments further down the line. So you're you're making the payments. They're not making the first three payments for you or the first six payments for you. They're they're spreading them out. So they're it's deferred and you know, it goes back. Originally the the percentage was much lower for these uh, companies. They were like 10, 11%. So, so to make people think about it, Grubhub makes it seem like they're going to be putting money in the pocket for the restaurants and stuff like that. So if you order that $20, um, yeah, right now, with the deferred and waived commission, they get the $20. They get $20 for the chicken parm. But eventually, when that commission comes in, starts coming in, they're losing money. That's a whole year, and that's when everything comes back. They're just getting a toehold. They're getting a toehold, just like Amazon did. Yeah. A- um, Amazon and uh, – think of all those uh, online merchants and things like that. There's, there's always the people that ordered online, right? There's always yeah, a, there was been a growing but, number. Let's say it grew. There was growing one percent, that not one percent. Let's say five percent a year. Five percent a year. People that order online, that's pretty okay. slow. Well, with COVID nineteen, it leaps and bounds. Then that number went up seventy five percent. Right, 
with so okay. many people ordering online and making a mistake because people order toilet paper and things like that. And they come by with like one third rolls of toilet paper or, you know, where they they may have it looks like they took toilet paper and rolled it uh, onto separate rolls and you're getting like <laughs> one third the amount. Oh, there were yeah. so many boondoggles out there and stuff like that. So, but Amazon and all these online retailers are getting this. And now the regular retailers, because the people that normally didn't order online, now they're more comfortable because they did it for these last month and a half. Oh, I now I know I can order my shoes, my underwear, my clothes. There's certain things people don't want to order online, right? And they will be, when they reopen up, there may be a little boost in retail sales. But in the long run, they're going to lose out. They're going to lose out on clothing and all that stuff. Just so many things. And the same thing out of these small mom and pop restaurants when they sign, they're selling their, it's, they're literally, literally selling their souls to the devil, Grubhub. They're set, they're, Grubhub, DoorDash, and Uber Eats are the agents of the demise of the small restaurants. I, I agree with you completely. And, and yet, listen to their public relations nonsense that you said on television. I've seen these ads. They want to come in as the superheroes to the American public and to the restaurants, and yep. they're going to kill the restaurants. Well, they're not. They're not. I know that's not their intention. They're not their intention. Their intention but when Uber money. Eats and DoorDash and and uh, uh, Grubhub came about and built their business model, it wasn't built in mind. Their business model was not designed on how to keep restaurants healthy and vibrant. Their business model was developed how their business model, Uber Eats and thing, would be vibrant and healthy and growth-oriented, which is perfectly makes sense. I'm not suggesting they're evil because, you know, the way in the modern think a vampire, let's say a vampire is made. Think of it. A vampire is made. The person, most of the time, person doesn't want to be a vampire. They make them into a vampire, Right. Well, what does a vampire do? It craves human blood. It doesn't necessarily, its intention is not necessarily in old movies that, you know, hurt people and stuff like that, but they feel bad about it. You know, I got, I got to, you know, I got to drink your blood. I'm sorry about it. And sometimes they'll try to (laughs) drink animals blood or something like that or find a substitute. In some of the movies, the vampires go, well, if I can build an artificial one, I'd rather drink artificial blood than real blood. It's like a a vegetarian. It's funny things about it, like in, you ever seen True Blood? Yeah, but you know what? I, I I don't think the vampire in this particular case is really feeling bad about what they're doing. Well, in the long run, in the long run, it's hard to sustain that business model, but they don't really care because you create something when you create like this online gig economy, which I have a whole theory on how a gig economy works, and it doesn't really it doesn't work for the worker, and it doesn't. Li- really work for the competing industry like uber does not work for taxis and stuff and people say it makes them more competitive no it does not make them more competitive because uber is going to come unless there's some horrible thing happens with uber and stuff like that which kind of in the big cities it is with people you know you get some people being attacked and stuff like that what i'm suggesting is someone builds up one of these apps and things like that they're not they're just looking in it for themselves that's it it's a competing industry like the the phone didn't come along phone wasn't developed in order to destroy the telegraph right 
Yeah, no, of course not. The phone came around because, hey, this is great. I can talk to somebody. I can hear their voice. I don't have to read this dots and dash shit, you know? Or airplanes. People inside airplanes because it says, well, I hate blimps. I hate Zeppelins. Well, once again, you have the Hindenburg and shit like that. That did a number on it. When people saw it, that was a stark example, even though planes used to crash all the time. And, and to this day, they still crash more infrequently. But they didn't have, never had that time, that, that picture of the Hindenburg. They didn't show the other 5,000 Zeppelin trips where nothing happened, right? Back then, there were planes crashing left and right. Those ones when they started doing the, uh, when they started doing the transatlantic ones after Lindbergh went, there those planes. Oh my God, you know every 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 two hundredth plane was going down. So what what I'm suggesting is, I even though it's it's just that when you see Grubhub and your restaurant and they're coming to your door. It's not like, hey, I'm holding some flowers. I got a gift for you. It's not a gift. It's like they're bringing, it's like someone walking in with COVID-19 and infecting you. Because eventually it could either, you'll, you'll either survive without, you might survive. But there is a chance it could kill you. Right? Yeah, it, I would there, say that, it, if that if it's eating that much of your profits, I, the odds are you're you're going to be hurting really bad. I mean, there's a way. There's a way that that could work. There's a way it could work for someone. There is a way, and it's this is the way they pitch it. The way they pitch it is go. Listen, you don't do a lot of to go orders. You don't do any delivery. You get deliveries. You get to people that are, the people that don't um, have an opportunity to eat at your place. You can get it deliver to people that aren't in your neighborhood and stuff like that. And then they'll like your food and they'll come and say, Hey, I like it delivered. What's it like in the restaurant? So you may get more people to come in and you boost your profits by having through the door traffic. But as it turns out, a lot of people that order these things don't tend to go out. They don't tip. They're not big tippers, you know? And another thing, oh, and another thing we mentioned about the extra percentage. When that food is ordered from those online apps, it it's prepared by the cook. So that's the same overhead, whether it's in-house or picked up by someone who ordered directly from the restaurant or by Grubhead. So it's the same cost of preparing it. But getting it together, getting the food together is another employee it's it's either a server, a bartender, or a hostess, and they're getting no tips, are they? Nope. And if there's no extra help, like let's say you're pretty much you have a staff that that's pretty much done, and then like on a busy Saturday night, <laughs> you just get swamped all the time. Then you're going to have to hire somebody, right? Right. Yeah, or so bring someone ex- extra, extra and say, hey, listen, you're another, gonna, well, what, what restaurants do, and, and I realize this. They're saying you do the to-go orders. You're, you, you know, a bartender do the to-go orders. And they know you're not, no, you do not get tipped. Those, those drivers, and it's not up, obviously it isn't up to an Uber each driver, a Grubhub driver, or, or uh, a DoorDash driver to tip the person who prepares it. And the people that they deliver it to, tip them and so but and it turns out a lot of these times a lot of these drivers are 
under a lot of pressure, right? To deliver food, because orders come in, and whether it comes into the it depends on how the website's managed. Sometimes, let's say the order comes in at forty-five minutes ago, and it tells the people it's going to be there in an hour. Well, the restaurant doesn't know that. The restaurant may make it in an hour. May start making it out because the online app doesn't know that there's sixty meals in front of it, right at the rush. So your food isn't going to be ready for right. an hour. You ordered it 45 minutes ago. It's not going to be made for an hour. So it's already 15 minutes late before they start making it. And then when it's done, make it 15 minutes later. It's already a half hour late. And then the guy who delivers that, to, so your food's going to be an hour late, maybe an hour and a half. And sometimes it could be, you know, if it's a wrong thing, who's what, if they screw up the order, if the person screws up the order, they blame the app. Even though the app says, hey, listen, this is what you ordered. You should have said something. Well, I wrote it in the notes, and the notes didn't fire through. You know, either Uber eats it, or Grubhub eats it, or a restaurant eats it. So it's 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 unsustainable. But it's one of those things. The gig economy with this stuff, they, they come up. Remember all those uh, search engine apps? Remember MySpace? Do you remember called MySpace? Well, MySpace was pre-Facebook, right? And that was supposed to be a billion dollars, you know? And now it's worth, I mean, I, does it even exist? I don't know. It may, even, it may still exist. I don't even know. Be, there could be a, uh, there's America Online. I think that still exists. Yes, it does. Okay, America Online. Very small, though, comparatively. Uh Ask Jeeves. That was one. It was a search engine. Oh, God. Ask Jeeves. J-E-E-V-E-S. They were all started up with an idea like, I'm going to, you know, this is going to be the best shit ever. And you get a valuation, and it's usually uh, with internet companies like Uber. Well, those things, they evaluate themselves well before they start making money. Amazon didn't start making money until recently. The last couple of years, making profits, real profits, and now they're a juggernaut. But I don't know yeah. if that's going to be true about these uh, food apps. And it's a, as goes with the Instacart stuff like that. Oh my God! Do you have you been in a supermarket? Have you seen these people looking at their when they look at their phones when they're shopping? What about it? Um. Some people build their build their shopping list on their phones, right? Okay. But you always, every online ordering form like Instacart, that's where you get your phone order from. And everyone's doing it. And you look at the way, you look at young people, when you see someone who's like 22, 23, 24 years old, and they got like a full shopping cart, it's not because they have seven kids. It's they're shopping for somebody. Right. And they're sending emails and they're looking real hard and stuff like that. When I go into a supermarket, if I have to get 12 to 15 things, this supermarket at Publix, unless they change the order of things, right? And there's a unique item, 
I'm through there in five minutes. I am quick. I know what it is. If I go by, I make an opportunity. I sweep by a thing to see if there's a sale on something. I'm in there and out there. These people with, uh, I was in a supermarket today, and they actually made a standardized, the direction of the floor, you know, the, the aisles. Right. They, they yeah, got I noticed real, that in Publix, they put it permanently now in the yeah, floor. Yeah, they put it permanently on there. And, and you know what? And people are still permanently ignoring those fucking arrows. Of course. <laughs> They're going in, I'm looking at someone, I go like, you're going to, well, it doesn't matter if you're walking. If you're walking, if you leave, this is what I do. <laughs> you could disagree. But if you're walking, you can move around people. You know, if you're aware. But if you're with a cart, you're blocking the flow. So I would leave my cart up at the head of the aisle and grab the stuff if I have to go the opposite direction. I wouldn't take my cart down there. Oh, I forgot. I'm not going to walk around all the way around and do a, you know, big. Uh, yeah, no. You know, I, I was there yesterday as well. I did the same thing. You just leave your cart at the front. You get, mm-hmm. Dip in the aisle real quick, even though you're going the wrong way. You're yeah, not, get, you know, feeling get your head. No one. And, and Half the time, you're not even passing anyone. You're, get your head out of the ass. Don't move your cart a uh, long way across the aisle and try to create a roadblock, which some people do. They're not paying attention. They fuck. Oh, I'm shopping. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you. You know? <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, yeah, you get fuck you, you know. And it's not the shoppers, the the shoppers for Instacart. They're um, they're usually pretty good. They know what they're doing. They get up there, man. I remember I told you I did that thing. I had my own company. I did concierge service, and it sucked because people would ask for go gurt and all this stuff, like unique stuff, not like Oreos. They'd ask for peanut butter Oreos or something like that or something low low calorie peanut butter Oreos. And you go, well, fuck, they don't have it. You know what I mean? (laughs) I want, or I want passion fruit pop tarts. There's no passion fruit pop tarts. And then I do the trips to the whole food. Now I used to charge, Oh my God. Now like Instacart. So just so you know, if anybody who's listener works for uh, Instacart and all that stuff, this is what I used to do. If I went up to um, Whole Foods, it's 25% of the order. (laughs) So a lot of times it was 250 bucks and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I tapped on another $20 on top of it. If you're shopping at Whole Foods, trust me. You can afford the twenty five percent. Well, I was ordering. It was it was any anywhere from eighty eighty to a hundred dollars. And sometimes I get two orders up there, and it'd be two hundred dollar trip, and and I'd have to pick something up out there. And I was trying to what I was trying to do is monetize it, and I got I was trying to do freezer coolers and all that stuff I was using, and uh, trying to make like a four hundred dollar trip. I was up there, and it looked like I was going that direction, right? And then. The online ordering thing started coming on. I said, fuck it. I'm not competing. I'm not doing this thing for $30. And it was stressful on its own. I don't know how these people yeah. do it. And they got to depend on tip. You could do the whole thing and end up making like $8 an hour, 10 bucks an hour. I know some of the people are making a little more and stuff like that. And they do tip. But supposedly some of these people, assholes at uh, Instacart, they waive a, like a, a $40, $50 tip. To get the order picked up right away, but they have um, uh, two to three days to change your tip. 
You believe that? Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, that, no, that, I don't believe that. What a dick move I mean, that is. I mean, it's unbelievable, as in, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, that uh, should never happen. Yeah. What do you need two to three days? Like, you go to a restaurant, get served at a, down at a table, and your waitress comes, and then two or three days later, you decide, no, nah, I don't want to give that tip. Yeah. Yeah, hey, listen, I never messed around with anybody's food and stuff like that. But um, keep on doing that to people and reorder and have them pick up, you know, screw around with them. Screw around with them yeah, a couple times. And then when this pandemic's over and there's only the people that are hanging around to do the order and they did so many of them, they were really good at it and they start ignoring your orders. <laughs> See that? Yeah, you just won't get any service. You won't get any service. I mean, you'll, or you'll get shitty service or your last one in line and stuff like that. You know, I know someone who does the uh, the, the, the Publix where Publix actually has a delivery service themselves. Oh, Publix and- does it themselves? Yes, so, so you you uh, you know they come over, and the person I know that uses this uh, usually tips really well, and there's a direct benefit from that because the next time you put your order in and they see that name, man, she she has ordered food, her list, and it's been delivered within twenty minutes. Because wow. they know you're going to take care of me. Oh, wow! Twenty. So, yeah, well, the more you, was, I mean, more you get out, the more orders you get out, the more money you make. But I used you know, to like getting the liquor. Using these people, I used to love getting the liquor because that was a high value, twenty five. But then again, oh, I yeah. did twenty five percent, and then they would tip on it. But now I couldn't. That was untenable. I used to do sometimes these people. They would go away for the weekend. They, they. I don't know if they had a big uh, J. What's it, J? W. Wentworth, they had a big structured settlement that just came in <laughs> because <laughs> they were they would come in and order like four cases of beer, four handles of uh, vodka besides uh, the food and and cigarettes and all that stuff. And they'd have like a three hundred and fifty dollar order. And they said, do you want me to pay ahead of time? And I go, well, how do I know? I don't know how much it's going to be. Right. So. And then they ordered food out one time, and it was a hundred dollars, and I charged twenty five, uh, you know, on that. And they go, I like, I was ordering from that, and I tipped, I tipped the person that prepared it. I gave him five bucks. I gave, yeah, I gave, well. yeah, I tipped. Well, I, I mean, I was, I was doing. I didn't normally didn't pick up from a restaurant, but I did it for these people, and and these people used to tip really well, and they had liquor and all that stuff it tra- i made like 150 bucks on the order so i gave them like i threw them five bucks which is pretty good for a, a to-go order um sometimes you know ten dollars and stuff but it wasn't um that i i didn't do that that often and i wouldn't do it because i couldn't i'd have to if i built one i would say oh that's the tip for the person that prepares it in the restaurant <laughs> well what do you care about that well i i care I want to, I want them yeah. to think well of me when I come in. I want them when I come in there, they're going to make five bucks. And there's people I know when they come in their order. There's this really pretty um, hairstylist named Missy. Uh, uh, she always tips uh, really well. She has the uh, hair salon at uh, Baker's K. And and she orders and, and she's really generous. And there's other people in the neighborhood when they order and they're really generous. And there's other people, they, they don't really, but they order, nor, they come and pick up, which I, I don't really care. But you really, it really means a lot because it's a, it's a, it's, it's, 
part it's work getting together an order and sometimes you get you get something's wrong with it and you you're the one that gets the flack for it not the people in the kitchen they never hear crap about it so okay joe we're going to be back again thursday aren't we it's been over yes we are yep um and i can come up with some topics i wanted to um but or you can but i i will come well i will have some things to talk about if you do have a pet peeve and you'd like to talk about or research anything i'm not telling you to do that it's just there i just don't want to over talk you all the time so uh, well I thank you i will uh yeah well you're more than welcome and i'll come up with something and we'll talk before then okay that's good well i'll send you some ideas uh tomorrow okay see how it works and um i talk. i did a show yesterday if you want to follow it's called uh oral um oral sex did not cause the COVID-19 um, virus. <laughs> well, because Jim Baker, uh, not Jim Baker, Pat Robinson said, uh, if yeah, you listen yeah, to the yeah. show, did you hear about his thing? No, but you just gave me a topic for Thursday. Pat, Pat Robinson, well, I did it. I did a whole list, 120. He said, uh, let me paraphrase what he said, because I, I, I did it verbatim. Um, he says, these kids are doing unnatural acts and things like that. They're messing around. They're getting some lady chemicals, and uh, uh, they uh, these diseases didn't come around when I was growing, coming up. Coming up, that's what the exact word said, uh, because they didn't have uh, do those things that back then, right? So I went off for like eight minutes. Eight minutes, Papa Joe. I had maybe a hundred different words and phrases for oral sex uh you know all different types man oral sex female oral sex different types of oral sex and all that stuff and i did that and i said yeah i don't think that came about just 10 years these some of these things they had for years Mm -hmm. years and it's in stories in the bible listen you can go back you can go back into the most ancient cultures and find stone dildos so you know Here's well, the, the Kama problem. Sutra. And the Kama Sutra had all that stuff in it, and that predates. Uh, One day, Americans will realize to quit taking their morality from a bunch of virgins reading Bronze Age texts. Oh wait, I, 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 first of all, I don't. I don't think they're virgins. I think. I think a lot of them are perverts, and uh, they're just playing, uh, playing the thing. So it's better just to say that than, uh, um, you know what I mean. To say, hey, I know what's yeah. going on and stuff like that. So, okay. So, I will talk to you on Thursday. We'll be back, okay? Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm going to, uh, we're going to count down. We thank uh, you for listening and take care. Here we go. Three, two, one. Cue the cues bartender music. Joe, you can keep on talking. It's playing right now if you want. Oh, that's awesome. Just pop right over the music. Yeah, or you can see it's, 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 it's kind of like that bass thing going on. Okay, I'll see you Thursday. All right, man. We'll talk then. Talk to you.